Welcome to My Life, Chassidus Applied, episode 257. This is a special Yud Aleph Nissen and Pesach edition, being that we are literally in the week of these extraordinary days. Yud Aleph Nissen, of course, the 117th birthday of the Rebbe. This will be followed by Yud Gimel Nissen, which is the yard site of the Tzemach Tzedek, 154 years, and of course Pesach, 3,331 years, which will begin at the end of this week. This program is in, dedicated in honor of Yitzchak ben Leia and Rivka Vika Bas Rachel, Bas Rachel and their children Ruth, Nicole, and Michael. Thank you for all your help, and especially today. This will be the day, this program, when we will be announcing the sixth annual My Life Chassidus Applied Contest winners. This we'll be doing at the end of the program, so look forward to that. And we're all excited. A lot of work went into it. And I'll share more details as we get closer to the end of this program. And of course, no better way to honor Yud Aleph Nissen than to present the winners, all the essayists who wrote ideas of chassidus, applying it to life, the core mission of Yafutzah Maynasech HaChutzah, which will bring Mashiach, as Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tov, and as the Rebbe so often emphasized, numerous times, that this is the seventh generation that will conclude that process. So what better way, what better gift to give the Rebbe, as the Rebbe himself insisted, that if you want to give him a gift in 1972, Tav Shalom and a gift should be connected to Teda, not just a Matana, but connected to Teda. So what better gift than actual Maimodim, essays, articles written by Chassidus and bringing it to life in our personal, addressing our personal issues in a relevant and meaningful way. So we'll begin with that, with Yudalaf Nissen is this middle of this week. Um, there's so much to say about it. I've spoken about it in the past. So of course it's the birthday of the Rebbe. A birthday is not a small matter. We know we celebrate the birthday of the world. That's Rosh Hashanah. The sixth day, Chassidus explains why we don't celebrate Chafei El, or the other opinion, Chafei Adr. But the birthday of anything is the beginning of its existence. As the Rebbe wrote, and I've shared a number of times, in Tav Shem Ches, when he came out with a campaign, the Mifzah Yemel Ledes, in honor of the Rebbe Tzanchayim Mushke, whose Yotzeit was, who passed away, Chav Shvat. So Chafei Adr was her birthday. So the Rebbe came out then to make birthdays and institute them and made it very clear and wrote one of the edits that he wrote for an ad that went into the newspaper in Yiddish, that this is the most important day because this is the beginning of the being, of the very existence of a person. Without a birthday, nothing else would follow. So birthday is the beginning of it all. We see even Purim, when Haman thought that he was his luck, when the Gerl, the Pur, when he threw lots and it came out in the month of Adr, God forbid, the that he wanted to do, so he thought he was happy because it was the month that was uh, the month of the yard site of Moshe Rabbeinu, Zayin Adar. But as the Gemara says, he didn't realize that it's also the birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu. Magdim Raful Lamaka, the birthday. And the birthday actually gave the schus that put him turned around. So with the power of a birthday, you can elaborate, but briefly, it's essentially the beginning of that entity. And in our case, it's our Rebbe. So the day Rashvi and everything that the Rebbe brought to us, before his Nesiyas, but especially once he assumed the Nesiyas in Tovshin Yud, Yud Shvat, all began with Yeral of Nisan. Now in truth, Yeral of Nisan, in the earlier years, when the Rebbe turned 50, was Tovshin Yud Beis. 
it was more subdued. People, some people knew of the birthday. Today we know, in retrospect, the Hayyem Yem of, of Yir Aleph Nisan is about a birthday. And what one should do at a birthday, the contemplation, the introspection necessary. So on Tov Shiyud Beis, the Rebbe Tarka said a maimer on the capital Nun Aleph, Adnais Fosai Tiftach. But there was no Fabrengen. There are different directives that Rebbe gave about Pesach. But it wasn't what it would become in later years. In Tov Shiyud Beis, when the Rebbe turned 60, so the Rebbe had a Fabrengen, especially if you're out of this. But 60, the Gemara says, and the Rebbe spoke at length, how someone who turned 60 made a special celebration, as the Gemara says one should do. And it was a beautiful Fabrengen. And then in Tovshin Lamed Aleph, the year, the when the Rebbe would turn 70, the 16th, 70th year, that was the first time the Rebbe began on an ongoing basis. After that, every year was a Maimed, was a Fabreng in Yer Aleph Nisan. To the point that there's a settle going around, a note from the Rebbe, someone asked the Rebbe about traveling to Australia or traveling away from New York. And because of Pesach, they want to travel earlier. So the Rebbe said, what is the reason and the Gishmak to leave here for Yer Aleph Nisan. Yishmak means the pleasure. In other words, the Rebbe made the point that being by the Rebbe, Yer Aleph Nisan is significant. And the reason being, because this is the birthday of the Rebbe. In Tov Shem Mem Hay, 1985, the Rebbe gave the classic Sikha, it was a televised Fabrengen, where he began by saying, what is this thing about gathering together for an individual? We know that Chassidists make such a fuss about arrogance and about not being pompous. And here everyone's coming to celebrate an individual's birthday. And the Rebbe gave the answer with a story. He told the story of a Rav who was appointed in a city, a Chashev, a, a distinguished city, a rabbi, who was a knowledgeable rabbi, a scholar, was well-loved. But he, he had one flaw. He was physically short. A kleiner, a kleinchiker. So some of the people in the community felt it wasn't, honorable, it wasn't an honor for the community to have a short rabbi. So one of them asked the rabbi in a nice way, and the rabbi answered, he said, the mensch's claim of claim over the bankless grace. The person may be small, but the chair, the seat in which he sits is large. And the Rebbe says, so the celebration of the birthday is not just for an individual, it's for the tenua, it's for the Chabad movement. And that's large. Now that itself, as humble as it sounds, and it is humble, also captures that the birthday is much more than just the individual, the Rebbe as a human being, as an individual born to parents and family and so on. But it's the birthday of the entire movement that he represents. That's the power of Yir Nis. So in the, in the context of Chassidus Applied, we have to ask ourselves, this is the day of Ar Nosi Hador, his birthday. And the Rebbe openly spoke about it. What are we doing on this birthday? How do we honor it? So the Rebbe gave us directives in general about birthdays, but specifically around the Rebbe's birthday, as I said earlier, to do something in Teira. So in Tov Shemembeis, when the Rebbe turned 80, we had this chus, we wrote into the Rebbe around Hanukkah time. I know it's surprising that early, that is in the honor of the 80th birthday coming up in a few months, we'd like to p- do something. And we suggested publishing all the Maimodim, the discourses that the Rebbe said in connection with Yir Aleph Nisan. The Rebbe responded and wrote that there's no time for him to be Magia to edit it, Enaz Mangroma. So suggest something that I don't does not need my editing. I never any time the only time I ever received such a, a the Rebbe writing suggest something. So you can imagine what I did was I relentlessly went and asked every person I could reach and asked them what do they suggest? The Rebbe is saying suggest something for his 80th birthday. 
So I got together from different opinions and finally wrote to the Rebbe a few weeks later that the consensus, speaking to many people, is to publish a Sefer, which would be, part of the Sefer would be a Kavitz Teda. Teda, we knew, of course, Teda would be connected to everything around birthday, around 80 years, uh, different pieces in, in, in Chazal, in Chassidus, Yaleh, the Tzemach Tzedek's explanations on the capital um, of Pe'alef, 81, that we began saying that year. That's what I wrote. And the second half of the book would be a type of journal which would be a collection of articles and like a, somewhat of an album of activities and polis and, and initiatives that the Rebbe initiated throughout his Nesias. The Rebbe responded, he crossed out the second half and said, Ach kevitz terani. It just it should be only a kevitz of Tera. And he actually add, added to the numbers we wrote, he added a few other things to include into this book, which became Kevitz Yeralaf Nisan. But then on the bottom of the page, the Rebbe wrote his suggestion. What was his suggestion? To publish a special edition of Tanya. And in detail, the Rebbe itemized exactly what this Tanya should be like. It should have in it at the back all the sharblats, all the cover pages of Tanya's printed up to that point, wherever they were printed. What color it should be, how many bendlech, how many bookmarks should be in it. Literally a detailed description. No one knew that the Rebbe, Yudal Nissen, would actually distribute this Tanya. All night, till, till the wee hours of the morning. It was already getting light, and people were even coming to receive Tanya's then. So, this was the schus, I would say a schus that we had, a schus that we made. And then the Rebbe said, suggest something. We did. And then the Rebbe went in inimitable fashion and made his suggestion, which of course was the Rebbe's direct suggestion. Now, he may have suggested it anyway, but you see the Rebbe's approach in general, his whole leadership, which I've discussed many times, that the Rebbe gives and gives, but he wants us to take initiative. So what better opportunity and ta- a way to honor and celebrate your health is to take initiative not just to fulfill directives but do something perhaps in a creative way in an original way obviously to be mekayim fulfill the shiurim that the rebbe designated including chitas from the fridic rebbe rambam as well as the rebbe's directive mifzoyim and other things and of course above all mashiach the rebbe gave us the job i did everything you do what you can again telling us you do what you can Without question, then I, I, the Rebbe, will do what I have to do to finish the job. So Yeraf Nissen is essentially a day, just as the Rebbe, a day of introspection for all of us, a Nasi, Ador, Neshama Klolis, of how we connect to the Rebbe in practical ways and following the Rebbe's teachings and directives. And there's much to read, much to learn. You can just open up any Sefer where you read the Rebbe's Amorim or the Rebbe's Sichas especially connected to Yeral Nissen or Pesach. And Pesach, of course, is also connected to a birthday. Many of the Rebbe's letters around Pesach is around Leidus Am Yisrael, because Pesach is considered the birth, the collective birth of the Jewish nation. So, Breshis Bar Elikim Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the human race. Bochar Be'elome. But Bochar Be'yakov Abonov is Chedesh Agula Chedesh Nissen. And that's when the Rebbe is born, just days literally within four days, even less than four days before Pesach. Okay, so now, since it's also Yud Gimel Nissen, which is always a day before Pesach, the Tzemach Tzedek's yard site. So the Tzemach Tzedek, of course, the Rebbe is named after the Tzemach Tzedek and Ben Achar Ben from the Tzemach Tzedek. 
And there's many parallels. I'll just share one point. In Tavshin Chavov, when the Rebbe, when we celebrated and honored the 100 years of, I don't know if the word celebrated is right, the 100 years of the Estalkus of the Tzamech Tzedek, the Rebbe then gave out a letter for that Pesach, a very powerful letter, and talks about all the greatness of the Tzamech Tzedek and how we can all learn from it. Because all of us have a little me'enza, a little subtle, not of course in the full, full-fledged fashion, but some subtle way that we can derive lessons from the Tzamech Tzedek. But then the Rebbe says, how, how can anybody compare to a Rebbe? And the Rebbe responds with an, a marshal, an example that a drop of water, even a small drop of water, reflects the entire sun, just like the ocean does. Meaning each of us is like a drop of water, and even a drop of water can reflect the entire sun, meaning the Rebbe. However, there are three conditions. The drop has to be clear, has to be clean, rain, klor, which means it has to be clean, not dirty. It has to be rain, pure, transparent, and has to face the sun. The lesson is that is very obvious, that each of us can reflect the Rebbe, but number one, we have to get ourselves out of the way. You have to, you have to be clean. You have to be able to reflect it. You have to be um, rain. You have to be clean. You have to be clear, which means transparent and get your ego out of the way and so on. And then you have to also face the skashas. You have to face the sun. You have to, in other words, be a reflector that reflects the Rebbe's words, be the arms and legs and the mouthpiece of the Rebbe. And then even a little drop, each one of us can reflect the whole Rebbe. Very powerful statement in the letter of before Pesach, Tovshin Chavov. 1966. Now, we're also coming to Pesach, of course, so let's talk about Pesach. Chesidus applied to Pesach. Okay. <clears throat> well, one more thing before Pesach, this is the Rebbe Kochzech a lot in the Rambam. The Rambam's, the Rambam's birthday is also this week, when Yudalad Nissen, out of Pesach, one of the few people that we know exactly when he was born, even the time. So the Rebbe spoke very often in later years, especially after the Takonah, where the Rebbe established the learning of Rambam, that right before Pesach comes the Rambam. So you have the Rebbe's birthday, a few days later the Rambam's birthday. So the parallels are obvious in many ways, how the Rebbe gathered together Kola Tera Kula, like the Rambam did. And of course the Rebbe's Koch in the Rambam, especially in the later years from Mem Dalet Pesach, Mem Dalet Pesach. Achash Pesach is when the Rebbe came out about the learning of the Rambam every day, Mishnah Tere, the three chapters a day, or one chapter a day, or Sefer HaMitzvah. So it would include all Kal Yisrael. And what was the Rebbe's point? That Rambam includes Kol HaTere Kula, even Hilchus of the Mashiach. Shulchan Aruch does not include the laws of Mashiach, and the laws of Beis HaMikdash. And the second thing is that's Achdus, when all Jews learn, whether it's Anoshim, Noshim, V'taf, everyone in their level, you unite the entire Jewish people together with the union of the Tere. That was the key points that Rebbe made, which of course battles the divisiveness and the fragmentation that was the cause of Golis. So we know the Jews were redeemed in the month of Nisan and they will be redeemed in this Chedesh HaGeula. The Rambam brings unity. Achdus brings Geula. Learning of the Teda brings Geula and the unity of all the Jewish people learning the same thing is all about unity. This is what one of the driving forces of the Rebbe, uniting people from all backgrounds, regardless of affiliation, regardless of who they come from, where they come from, all in. All the Jews are part of one entity, one organism. And the Rambam, is, it's emphasized in the Rambam himself, 
in the learning of the Rambam and the, the union of Kol and especially when all Jews learn that Teir. So it's not a surprise that it's on Erev Pesach. As we prepare for the Geula of Pesach, we enter in with the Rambam, and before that with the Tzemach Tzedek's Histalkus, and before that the birthday of the Rebbe. This year, Kufiyot Zayin, meaning we're beginning, Kapitel Kufiyot Ches, Heidu Hashem Kitev Kileilam Chazdei. And of course the biggest Heidu Hashem Kitev is the gift that God sent us, a Rebbe, to give us directives and to teach us what is the mission of our generation. What greater Heidu Hashem Kitev Kileilam Chazdei. Of course, we want it to be Leilam Chazde in a way that Begili, that we should be Zechit to be together with the Rebbe again, with the Gula Amitiz Vashlema. As far as Pesach itself goes, again, lessons are numerous, and we've discussed it in the previous years, Chsidis applied. So let me share one thought from Pesach, of course, from the Rebbe himself, the different meanings of Pesach. One of the things, Pesach, is the word Pesach from the word Dilug, Vikvitze. That Ebrister would leap over, leap over the doors of the Eden that were marked. So in Chsidis it explains that there's two ways of Aveda. There's an Aveda where you walk step by step. Then there's Aveda, there's a service where you leap. In leaping itself, there's leaping with one leg, meaning one leg is in the air and one leg is on the ground. And then there's leaping with both legs. And that's Diluk and Kvitsa, two different types of leaping. What does it mean in our Veda? So we have the Pasuk, Mahalchim Bein Ha'emdim. says about Neshamesh, Chassidus explains in Tere Er, in Miketz and other places, that is compared to angels are Mahalchim, they're travelers among those that stand. So those that stand stationary, they're travelers among them. What is it signifying? That Noelachim, as much as they are passionate about God, and there's a Serafim who burn up in passion, a fiery passion, and there's a Fanim, there's a Chais HaKedosh, and there's a Fanim, but they still have their path, which is a Heluch, step by step by step, in their path. Malach Machal is always Chesed. Malach Gavril is always Gvura. Malach Rufal is always Rufua. And each one has their path. When it comes on Neshama, especially when it comes down below, has the ability to be Mahalchim Be'ne'emdim. It can walk, and not just walk, but leap. And a mahalach means that you can leap to new places. So a mahalach can achieve what it achieves, but it cannot go to new unprecedented places. It's only the descent of a soul to this world, and a mahalach does not have that power. In this lowest of worlds, that catapults it to places that are unprecedented. Halicha, and coming Pesach, not just halicha, but also leaping with one leg and leaping with two legs. So it's really about indicating the power and the potential that each of us has. Poka igra, the Rebbe says. On Pesach, you say poka igra until the roof itself is completely is blown away. That's the power of Pesach, the ability to go transcendence beyond our limitations. Pesach, of course, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Mitzarim is Mitzarim v'gvulim. Mitzarim v'gvulim. Every constraint, every inhibition, every fear, every insecurity, every challenge we face is our Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is not just a land called Egypt. It comes from that root. And that's why we can be told that every generation and every day, as the, as the, as the Alter Rebbe adds in Tanya, we have to envision as we left Mitzrayim. But Mitzrayim, most of us have never been to Egypt. There was barely a few Jews left there. So the, the meaning is to leave Mitzrayim v'gvulim. The physical Egypt we've left and we've never returned there. But the spiritual constraints... 
is something that we are always commanded to do, and especially on Pesach. Every day is Zechel Yitzchitz Mitzrayim. But especially on Pesach, by the Seder, we recreate it. We actually recreate Hayom HaMe'el in Eskorim Venasim. We recreate the same transcendence, not the same, but like a spiral, but we, on a new dimension, a new level, which is essentially the concept of Pesach, Dilugukvitsa, transcendence. So the simple language that means that whatever you're, you have done till now, you have much more capacity than you believe. People say, you know what? A lot of people say, as I get older, I slow down. The exact opposite. The Rebbe Shnasashivim, when he turned 70, and he said that people are writing to me, I should retire. Time has come, you've done so much. The Rebbe says, what? You don't look, measure a person's age by the passport. And every day that Hashem gives you means that you have to grow, not just continue. And the Rebbe demonstrated in physical action. After 1972, the growth of the Rebbe's activities and initiatives doubled and tripled. Even after the heart attack in 1978, look what happened afterwards. You can't even compare. So it's always a process of Dilug and Kvitz of Pesach going beyond. So you'll say, where do we have that strength? Well, when you don't give in and succumb to your own fears and to your own resignation and to your own um, lack, of, lack of confidence, then, and you tie yourself to a Rebbe who helps lift you up to another place, and you go with that shlichus, you can achieve wonders. You can achieve things that you never would imagine. But you have to have that persistence and that fortitude and that commitment. And then you're lifted to places that you can go beyond your own imagination, a real Pesach, Dilug V'Kvitze. That's one of the many lessons that Pesach offers us, taken from some of the Rebbe's letters and Sichis on the topic. And Tov Shalom Edvov, the Rebbe Koch a lot on this, the year Pesach and the letters as well as the Sichis, and many other times. Okay, so with that, let me give some cross-references. Cross-references for those that you may have, you may have, you're not familiar this is episode 257. So you can imagine the 256 previous episodes, we've spoken about many of these topics, different angles. So they're all archived in, our, in a very rich and full array of materials and resources that you can access at MeaningfulLife.com slash MyLife. And there you'll find all the previous episodes, and they're all with top by topic. And in the YouTube version, you can actually get the timestamp so you can go straight to hyperlink, straight to the topic you're looking for. So with that said, the, the topics that, um, the issues that we spoke about, first of all, Yeral of Nissen, I've spoken about in episode 62, 112, 157, 207. Yud Gimel Nissen, the of the Tzemach Tzedek, 158 and 207. And Pesach, 12, 13, 62, 157, 158 and 207. Okay. Now, in the spirit of Pesach, a question came in, so we'll start doing some questions which was what we always do. Um, a question about Cholamoyed. So there's a Mishnah in Perkyovis. Pay the Gimel, Mishnah Yud Aleph. What does the Mishnah say? So the question is, why is it that one forfeits their share in the world to come for not respecting Cholamoyed, as stated in Perkyovis? Is that worse than idolatry, adultery, and other major sins where one doesn't lose their world to come? Since we're going into Pesach, and of course next week will be Yontif, and there won't be a, a program, so I thought appropriate to address this, especially that the Chassidus question of last week, and this continuing later in this program this week, is about Elam Abba. So the Mishnah says the following, Rabbi Lezer Emer, and he mentions five different things. The one this question is referring to is, Amavaz Umavaza Es one who embarrasses, 
meaning he does not keep the Moedes. Moedes means Yom Tif, but as the Rav Bartanur explains, Moedes Yom Shal because it's a given. Obviously, someone that's mavazed the Yom Tif, you don't need Milsa the Chesedusa, Mishnah Perkyovas to tell you it's a problem. That's an outright Aveda. But even Chalameid, which is a day that the Jews accept not to do Melacha, even though technically you're allowed to do it, that he eats Minachel, you're eating like it's a regular day in eating and drinking. That's called Mavaza Samayadis. And then there are five other things that he mentions. So, of course, the question is why is that such a strict thing that to the extent that in Lechelik, in Lechelik, Leilam Haba? So the Rebbe spoke about this among the many times the Rebbe explained after the, the Shabbosim between Pesach and Shavuos and then continuing throughout the summer according to the custom to continue saying Pirkei Hovis every Shabbos till Rosh Hashanah. The Rebbe spoke about this in Tov Shalom et Ches, Metzoy Shabbos Pashav Shlach. That year Fabrengans were in Metzoy Shabbos because of the heart attack. The doctors wanted the Rebbe to exert himself less. So this is a sikha from Shlach. And what does the Rebbe say? He says, what is, first of all, the common denominator between these five things? Briefly, he says, they all indicate something that is done by Maisi Dei Adam, not Maisi Dei Shemayim. Like Mayad. The Mayad, what designates a holiday? Shabbos is Mekat Shavakaima. Every seventh day, God, it's God, according to the cycle, the way God created it, will be Shabbos. But Mayadays are designated by Bezdin based on the Kiddush HaChedish, by the Edim that see when the Chedish. Today, we know the calculations. But in Indian, it's Yisrael Mekadshim as Azmanim. Mekadshim Yisrael Vazmanim. That Yisrael Eden Mekadshim are Mekadshim the Yontif. So this, as well as the other four items, which I'm not going to go into detail, it's not relevant to our discussion, are all based on Maisi Dei Odom. That's the Nekudim Meshutafes. So therefore, that's the reason it affects Maharis, it undermines and affects an Indian clothing which the Abish to set up. Now, what is the point? The point is that we have to take the mundane world and turn it into holiness. When you are Mavaza that, meaning you, dis, you defile that, or you shame it by not fulfilling that, it's not a small detail. You're not fulfilling the purpose of your life. Elam Haba is the fulfillment of that purpose. And that's why it's not a detail, it's considered something that's touching the core mission of the human being to make a dir betachtenim. And that Rebbe goes on to explain all five. And that's why it has, that's why the Mishnah says, when, when you do something that affects your whole purpose of mission, which is transforming the world, it affects something so general. The Rebbe's word, it's not just a simple, a detailed sin, which deserves a certain punishment, but it becomes something fundamental and affects the whole Elam Haba. But as we shall discuss later in the program, this does not mean that you don't have a chela completely. It means that you have to do a tshuva on it. And there's different meanings in what means because at the end of the day, the big question is, how could a soul lose its share in the world to come? A soul is eternal. Even if it sins, the soul does not get damned, God forbid, the soul does not get damaged. So we'll discuss that later. But that's the explanation. Though it's not a mitzvah but since it's the fulfillment of taking a day of mundane day, of the but technically it's mundane compared to the holiday, when you touch that, it has a certain power. Because you're touching upon something that rises at the core of your, 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 uh, your mission. 
And even though obviously being Mavaza Yontif is, is more, more strict, but it does not have that element of fulfilling what you are supposed to be accomplishing. That's part of what comes from above. Okay. With that, let's go to the next question. Someone asked a question which I decided to do this week because of Yud Alf Nisan. Hi, Rab Simon. Was machst du? How are you? A couple of weeks ago, I was by the oil and was watching a video of a Fabrengen where the Rebbe was speaking about the Mifza, the campaign, buying a letter in the Sefer Teira HaKloli. It's a general collective Sefer Teira. Torah scroll. The, midi, the video must have been from 81 or 82 when the, mitzvah came, when the Mifza came out. So I decided to buy letters in the Sefer Teira for myself and my immediate family. My question to you is, is the Mifza still in place? And is the Mifza of buying an Os in the Sefer Teira only in the Sefer Teira HaKloli, which means the collective one, or in the Sefer Teira Yaldi Yisrael, another Sefer Teira that the Rebbe designated for children, which we'll talk about in a moment. Or you can buy a letter in any Sefer Teira. Also, can you speak a little about how the Rebbe came out with the Mifza and the difference of Sefer Teira Yaldi Yisrael and the Sefer Teira HaKloli? Also, please talk about the Mifza and the Teira writing of Sefer, of Sefer Teira and how you yates it by buying a letter in the Teira. Okay, very good. So, briefly, let's begin with the mitzvah itself. Atu Kisvo, considered one of the Tayyag mitzvahs by most of the mania mitzvahs who count mitzvahs, that is the, actually the three, 612th mitzvah to write a Sefer Teira. So there's a whole footnote from the Rebbe that the Rebbe wrote actually on a letter that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote by Achnosa Sefer Teira years ago in the Tzaddiks. And the Rebbe writes an order because that posuk, some people tights its Ras Mitzvah and the Melech to write a Sefer Teda. But, as I said, the consensus is a Mitzvah on each person to write a Sefer Teda. In Tovshim Mem Aleph, in Kislev, Tezvah of Kislev, there was a special Fabrengen about a Sefer Teda that was a Sim Sefer Teda in Kfar Chabad. And the Rebbe designated a whole Fabrengen with a Maimer and the Sikhaz Muget. And a lot of it is based on that letter of the Friedrich Rebbe of making a celebration like Simchas Teda, as we see when the Sefer Teda is finished, how we honor and celebrate it. So yes, there is a mitzvah to write a Sefer Teda, but Haidna today, since not everybody can write it, not everybody can afford to write it, by buying an Osna Sefer Teda, you become a partner, and through that you can fulfill the mitzvah. The footnotes are all there in that Sikha and in the letter, where you can see the details of that aspect of it, regarding the Etzaminyan. Okay. But that's the Sefer Teda that we write on a regular basis when a shul needs a new Sefer Teda. In Tov Shemem Aleph, Yud Aleph Nisan, the Rebbe's 79th birthday, the Rebbe came out in that Fabrengen about children. It was a few months after the establishment of Tzivus Hashem, the children's movement that the Rebbe established. And the Rebbe gave a whole talk about it would be worthwhile that, that the Rebbe that they should establish the writing of a Sefer Teda for all children all over the world. And the children should buy us by a dollar, not more. The Rebbe gave all kinds of directives that you should also have some adults buy to make sure that, that the mitzvah is fulfilled properly. And he gave details, in detailed details, in that Fabrengen and the Fabrengens after Pesach, about how that Sefer Teir should be written. Should be written in Kvar Chabad. Should be established, I'm sorry, in Kvar Chabad, and written in Yerushalayim, in the Tzemech Tzadik Shul. And then the Siyam should be, the Rebbe wanted it before Rosh Hashanah. To begin immediately and, and before Rosh Hashanah, right before Rosh Hashanah, the birthday of the Tzemach Tzedek, which is uh, to the 29th of El, the end, they ended up doing it by Chafov, the Rebbe's father's yard site. 
And the Rebbe obviously was happy with that and spoke then as well about the Sefer Teres, designated a whole bunch of Sikhs and sent a shliach, the Rav of, of the Rebbe, the Kranites Rav, Rav Zalman Shimon Dvorkin, the Rebbe sent to the Sima Teres, Sefer Teres, for the children. Now, this, there was, this campaign was embraced with enthusiasm and all over the world they were able to sell 304,805 letters of this Sefer Teres. The first Sefer Teda. As I said, it was completed Chafov of that year, Tovshin Memalef. And the last letters were written in the Tzemech Tzedek Shul, in the Iratik, in the old city of Yerushalayim. Good. He also brought from the Rebbe, Rabbi Dvarkin, $1,200, which was to use for the writing, the ink, and the parchment. The Rebbe also paid for two mantles of white and blue and sent a separate amount of money for charity. He also sent mashke with the Rav. Should be a fabrengen there that was given to the Rebbe from a fabrengen that was in Russia. Okay, many thousands of people attended. Now, since then, there have been many more sifritera written, and here's the exact number. We are now, yes, the second sifritera was written, was completed in the summer of 1986, the third in 1995, the fourth in 2005, the 5th in 2012, and the 6th just two years ago, three years ago in 2016. So this mifta continues on to the point of getting every Jewish child to buy an Osir Sefer Teda. The total now, by now, let me see if they have a total here. It must be a total. Yeah, 1,828,800 Jewish children have actually bought us, but there's many more. So go to kidstorah.org where you can sign up a child let other people know about it and has all the details about the Mifzah and all the other aspects of it. Rabbi Shmuel Greisman, a shliach and an activist in Yisrael, heads this, and Grace Yeshekeach, they're continuing it. And the Mifzah is obviously in full, um, full force, like all the Rebbe's campaigns in Mifzah. Regarding the Sefer Teter Kloli, that same year, that same year, a little later in the year, Erev Rosh Hashanah Take, the Rebbe spoke, that now is also time to make a Sefer Teter Kloli for all the Eden that are not that are not children, for people after Bar Mitzvah and Bas Mitzvah. And then began the Mitzvah of Sefer Teter Kloli in the end of 1981, going into 19, the end of Tov Shem Malaf, I should say, going into 1982, Tov Shem with that year that I ever spoke about it numerous, numerous times. And that too is a fully active campaign with the goal of reaching every Jew, every one, because every Yisrael Zoshotevis Yes Shishim Ribe Asius Latera, every Jew has an Os in the Tera, as the Rebbe explains at length in that Sichav Tezvav Kislev Tovshin Mem Aleph. Every Jew has an Os. His Os is his Chayis, is his life. So an Os in the Tera, connecting to that in a way brings a person life. Chayenu ve'erech yomenu, and that's the Sefer Tera Kloli. So I hope I did justice to a general, at least a general overview, and another thing connected, of course, to Yud Aleph Nissan. Back then in Tavshim and Malif, and then as I said, continuing through um, the Sefer Teter Kloli through the year Membeis, and continues till this day. Okay, so we covered Sefer Teter. Now, in the last weeks, we've been talking about davening. Davening is a central pillar in Chassidus in Teter Bechlal, Vavatim Sashem Alekechem, but especially Chassidus, Vashavesel Levavecho Viyadaita Yein. Is learning knowing godliness, learning godliness to the point of Yediyah. And then it should affect your heart. 
what's the service of the heart, that is tefillah. So what we've been doing is going a little piece every week about davening, first of all, to emphasize its importance, and secondly, to answer questions, many questions that have come in this topic, and to continue the episodes that we've talked about this in the past, really began in this series, in episode 252, all the way now till 257. But I've already indicated in previous episodes we've discussed this at length. So one more question I'm going to address today, and then we'll move on to the next topic. And that is, <clears throat> let us suppose I learn about the difference between Sevev and Mamala. Someone's writing. Sevev and Mamala, of course, are two terms used in Chassidus. Sevev is transcendent energy. Mamala is imminent energy. Think of it, Sevev and Mamala being the energy that is integrated and internalized within us in existence. Sevev is literally, Sevev means surrounds, as the Alter Rebbe explains in time. It doesn't mean surrounds around. It means it's beyond. It transcends us. So in the faculties of the human being, the Eser Kechas HaNefers, the ten faculties, are Mamalakalamin. Each faculty in its place, Chochme Binadas, in the mind, Chagas, in the heart. You have different faculties like the eye, the seeing in the eye, hearing in the ear. These are called Chushim. But basically all the faculties, Kechas Pnimim, internalize Mamalakalamin type of energies. Then there's the two faculties that are called Makifim, Rotsen and Tainuk. Will or desire and pleasure. These are not localized in one particular part of the body. They are all-encompassing. They are transcendent energies. So that's, let's go back to the question. So let us suppose I learn about the difference between Sevev and Mamala. What do I do with the while, what do I do with that while I'm davening? Let us suppose I'm learning about the Kav. The Kav, of course, is the line or ray of light, the thread of light. It's actually Mamala Kalam that came after the Tzimtzum. That is measures and designates tailored amount of energy to each part of the cosmic order. What do I do with that while davening? Frankly, I don't even know how learning about the Kav is to be personalized at all. At least when learning about the four elements, the four worlds, I have over the years, post-Yeshiva, developed some understanding how this is reflected in the Kechas HaNefesh, in the faculties of the soul. Once you go beyond that, I have no idea how to personalize it and surely not how to daven with it. Okay, well, you've come to the right place. This is exactly what the whole purpose of this program is. Attempting to personalize and apply all the ideas of chassidus. There's no reason that we have a kav and all these levels if it's not meant to be personalized in our life. God didn't need a kav. The whole say the shtasus was created for us to have tools and to have stepping stones by which to connect to Hashem. And what we do that by davening. Davening is the four rungs, the four stages of prayer. is a journey through the worlds, through Mamalakam, to Sevev Kalam, to the kav, to the Eagle Agadl, to levels before the Tzimtzum. That's a journey. So let's briefly talk about, and I've spoken about the personalization and application of the Kav and of Mamalaklam, Sevakalam, briefly. Mamalaklam is every time you focus on the divine that relates to you. We say, to love God, because he's your life, he's your sustenance. That's Mamalaklam in general. Why? Because you relate to it. It's like, if someone gives you life, someone gives you a gift, you can acknowledge it. That's mamalakalam. So when you're misbeating and davening about God's sustaining you, providing you with the needs you have need for survival, for growth, for thriving, and so on, and to your family, that's mamalakalam. When you think about the divine that's beyond us, you say, Hashem. Or you speak about levels that are nizgav shmei levade, or adeine lam. Terem kol, 
before creation or beyond creation, there you're focusing on the sense of awe that's aroused and stimulated due to realizing that God is beyond just being a provider for our needs. God is not just Mamalaklam, not just a Lakim, but Havaya. Something beyond. When it came to Yitzhi Mitzrayim, for example, Shmi Havaya, Lena Daiti Lehem to the Ovis. But to take the Idna of Mitzrayim, he needed a transcendent force to take us out of the limitations and constraints of this world. So that's the Isbanus and Davening when you're concentrating on things that are beyond our tangible or our palpable experience. For example, in Vahaftas Hashem Alekecha, Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Nafshecha, Bechol Meidecha. Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Nafshecha is generally Mamalakalam, with your heart, with your spirit. Bechol Meidecha is with your beyond, with all your might, with Meid, beyond you. That would be relative to the first two, Save of Kalam. So it's just about personalizing it and understanding its relationship to us. The Kav is essentially a form of Mamalakalam, very intense energy, but it's a Kav. Which means it's a, there's a top and there's a bottom. Milo Mato. Because it creates hierarchy in existence. What it means to us is the energy that penetrates and, and, and is integrated and internalized in existence. So it's essentially a bonus on Mamala Kalam. That's a brief summary. And hopefully you could dive in with that. And of course there's a lot more. This is just a summary, a tip of the iceberg as they say. Let me do a follow up and then we'll do the Chassidus question. And then comes... That big announcements. So, <clears throat> we had follow-up last week. I spoke about internet addictions. So, there's quite a few follow-ups. I'll see if I can, how much I can cover here. Number one. Dear Rabbi Jacobson, just a few comments about the topic of internet addiction, which was spoken about last week in episode 256. Number one, you mentioned about Hesachadas. Hesachadas means to distract yourself, to move your das away from this topic. However, some people take that out of context and forget about dealing with the actual issue which causes them to fall again. Number two, someone asked you whether reaching 90 days of clean, being clean breaks his addiction. I've been clean way longer than that, but unfortunately fell again after that. And it's a lifelong fight. And I think it's important for people to know, even though they haven't fell, fell in a long time, that doesn't mean they are safe and one needs to constantly be on the offense and vigilant. Number three, Usually people turn to inappropriate internet usage because they have underlying issues causing them to watch and do inappropriate stuff as they don't feel good about themselves. And even though someone is working on stopping, he has to be honest with himself and figure out what's really bothering him and deal with the cause as opposed to the symptoms. You really summed up last week what someone needs to do to break free. You mentioned talking to someone, and personally that's how I'm doing it. Okay, Baruch Hashem. The first thing I told my mashpia, my mentor, when we first spoke was, I have this issue, I definitely was shaking, changing colors, and it was a difficult move to make. It took a long time to get myself to open up, and I did it simply because talking to someone is vital to break free. To break, break free. Thanks so much for your amazing series and hard work you put into it. Koshen of Freilich and Pesach. So I don't have much comment. Yes, Hesach Adas has to be understood properly. Obviously, if there's an issue, you can't have Hesach Adas. Hesach Adas means that when it comes, you shouldn't dwell on it, and become something you're consumed with. Move your mind to other things, especially things that are not connected to this thought. Just one, I think I mentioned that last week and many other times. Another person writes, in response to inappropriate content addictions, okay, you know what, because this is a long one, I'm going to stop here and we'll do it after Pesach. There's two more that are longer, so we'll deal with it. 
There was one more follow-up about happiness. I listened to your talk on happiness. This is a talk not on my life in another series. If you go to our My Life channel, you'll see I spoke to happiness to the students in one of the schools. They, they, I wrote to the, to the Beis Rivka girls. So I, I, talk, I listened to your talk on happiness that you have to the Beis Rivka girls. I was particularly taken by your quote from the Rebbe, not delving into tzaris, into negative, into pains, but just empowering that you can get past the challenges. Thank you. So it's really a thank you. And it focuses, again, always focusing on the positive. Not because we don't know there's a negative, but that's the approach. Especially the Rebbe's approach. Light dispels darkness, even a little. And that's a general approach in every issue that we deal with. Now obviously something has to be dealt with because God forbid it's a disease or some other challenge. You need to deal with it. But a tremendous tool in dealing with it is not fighting the darkness but bringing more light into your life, into your mind, into your heart, into your thought, speech, and action which are naturally and automatically, as the Alter Rebbe says in chapter 12 in Tanya, naturally dispels any darkness. Okay. Now let's do this question, which is a follow-up to last week. How to explain Kodos? That's an additional point. That some people will not have a share, and that some people will not have a share in the Olam Haba, in the world to come, when every soul is immortal. So last week I spoke about what Olam Haba was, I spoke about the general principle, and I also spoke about the fundamental principle that the Ramban, Nachmanides, writes that there's no such thing as a neshama ultimately cut off or no share in the world to come because a neshama is nitzchi. It wasn't created, so it can't die. It can't be cut off. It's divine by nature, and it's immortal by nature. So then how do you explain Kodesh? And how do you explain Elam Chelik Le'elam Habel? So I pointed out that there's a letter from the Rebbe, a fascinating letter, where the Rebbe speaks about this. And in this letter, page, um, the letter is page 141 in volume 1. And the Rebbe speaks about this directly. I'm just going to sum up key points. And if you like, if you send me an email, or use the forum, which is an, is an anonymous forum, at meaningfullife.com slash mylife, you'll find, you could just post anything there anonymously, but if you add your email, we'll send you, I wrote up a summary in English of this letter of the Rebbe, which I uh, summarized in, well, it's not so summaries, it's a good few pages, but explaining the letter, or rather I should say, translating and some explanation of the letter. So the Rebbe speaks about all the contradictions regarding this matter. Can a soul be cut off? Can a soul not have a share in the world to come? So the Rebbe breaks the letter into three parts. First explaining is Efshir Hadavar. It's possible that even the shame that says about them some of the worst punishments, they also capable of returning and having a share in the world to come. Then the second part of the, uh, the letter that Rebbe speaks about, about people, not just at Efshariyas Hadavar, but that will actually be that way. That's the second part of the letter. Not just it's possible, but it, can, it will actually be that way. And the third part of the letter, that you must say it will be that way. You see here also the Rebbe's tremendous organization in building a case for this. And what's the brief, as I said before, that the Ramban writes that a soul is Im- 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 immortal. So then how do we explain all this? The answer is, when you say Kodesh, Benichas HaNefesh, Kodesh can mean for a period of time until the soul is cleansed, and then it can be reconnected. Like anything, like a person, let's say, did not have oxygen. That doesn't mean they can't regain having oxygen. 
have to clean up the system, get rid of the blockages, and then they can regain. Even on a deeper level where some say that Kodesh is permanent, it could be Kodesh from this way, this neshama as it entered this body. That's Ein Lehem Chelik But perhaps in another body, the same neshama could have a Chelik in Elam Habo. And the Rebbe brings sources from Eim HaKamelech, and from Kabbalah, from Chassidus, and obviously from Nigla as well, to explain that. And the reason that you must say that is because the Rambam says. I, the same Rambam in Peir Ches, in says about the element that a person could end up not having any world to come. So the Rebbe says, first of all, it's a Das Yochid. He's the only one that says it, and the consensus is not like that. Second of all, even as a Das Yochid, you could still explain that this too will be as a result of not that particular person, but it will come back in the Elam Haba of a different body. So it could be a person, it's like sometimes, let's say, God forbid, a person gets burned. So sometimes the burn can heal. Like I said, the first approach. But sometimes the burn is so deep you can't heal. Let's say even the organ gets damaged, you have to even amputate. But that does not mean that the nephesh inside that organ is, is, uh, is severed. The nephesh has to go into another place and there it could be fully, fully functional. So it all depends on what kind of Aveda it is. When you say, Kol Yisrael, Yeshlem Chelik Le'elam Haba, then you say, Ve'elu She'ein, seems like a country. You can't say Kol, it should have said, Yisrael, Yeshlem Chelik Le'elam Haba, Chutz. It says, every Yisrael has Chelik Le'elam Haba. Then it says, Ve'elu She'ein Lehem. So you have to say it doesn't contradict because every Neshama will have Le'elam Haba. The question is in what form and fashion. That's the brief take on it and the brief explanation. As I said, look in the letter and you'll find it more detail. And the Rebbe speaks about it in a very, very, very powerful way. As I said, it's a long letter. I'm just looking for one particular quote. Yeah, so the Rebbe brings Med Shmuel, there's Med Alshech, there's Emek Hamelech, the Sharti Kuni Hatshuva from the Rizal. I'm sorry, that's from Emek Hamelech, I'm sorry. And then there's Arizal and Shar Golgulim. And many other sources, as I said, I'll be happy to send them to you. Um, and the English version of it, and the letter I've pointed out where that is. So, of course, it's relevant to us because the Rebbe, you know, this is the Rebbe's birthday. What was the biggest focus of the Rebbe? That every Jew has to be found. Every single Jew. I, there's so many Jews that have wandered off, God forbid. So many Jews who are Teneke Shenishbu, meaning that they're like children that were brought up in hostage. Taken, to, taken, taken hostage and never even knew what Yiddishkeit was. The Rebbe came up, of course, and said in the early years that the Seder talks about all the children, even the Eni Elisha, who doesn't ask questions, but there's a fifth child, the one that doesn't even come to the Seder. And even that child we have to reach. So the emphasis that every Neshama is eternal and immortal, and we have to find that Neshama, even if it doesn't look externally that that Neshama is still connected, there's no such thing as disconnected. So this theme... Obviously, it's appropriate why the Rebbe would write a whole essay and discussion on this in order to make the case and explain how the case, and the, the, both the theology of it and the, and the philosophy of it and the halacha, how every neshama is ultimately part of godliness and will always be that way, one way or another. Le'yidach memenu nidach. Okay. With that now, my friends, I'm excited, beyond excited, to enter into the announcements of this year's 6th Annual My Life Chassidus Applied Contest winners. 
Let me just say as a short introduction, first of all. It's been beyond exciting, beyond nail-biting, and uh, very dramatic, and I would say even more than all previous years. First of all, the amount of essays that have come in are so much larger, and the quality of essays. I have to say, I've heard it from the judges. I myself reviewed and saw essays that were, I mean, almost impossible to how do you determine two excellent essays. And remember, they can, be, they can be excellent. It's not a right and wrong essay. So it was a very difficult process, but we have to make the process, and I would believe that every one of us is a winner, every one of you. An additional element that this year really took it to a whole other dimension was the involvement of the schools. Schools all over the world participated, and they participated not just by pushing it to their students, but actually establishing mentors that helped guide the students, and did everything possible to push it among their students, and also in some cases as well, are adding to the prize in their in that to the prize that the main prize that we're offering, that they're having in the, the in, in their in-school winners, the winners of their particular school. So we'll be starting with announcing the winners of each one of those schools, and uh, I want to also, before we go further, thank the director of this contest, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Sruli Steiner. I must say, beyond any expectation, really took this to a whole different dimension. Of course, with the help of our other staff, I want to mention Gani Goodman, the director of the Meaningful Life Center. The judges, which I'm not going to go into every judge detail, but the effort that was placed by people and the commitment was tremendous. I was myself inspired. And again, I cannot say much about Mitzvah Shvachim B'fanov, Rav Sruli Steiner, but he really took it to a level that we were meticulous the communication with the schools, the communication with the Israeli chapter. We had Rabbi Dovala Halper in Israel directed the cause in Israel. Where we only see potential of more growth and more growth, as you'll see reflected in many of the winning essays and the submissions. And as I said, this has just been what, what an experience. Hundreds and hundreds of essays of people of all walks of life, men and women, taking time and energy to invest in ideal cities, and applying it to a life situation. And the essays I read, I, I, I literally mind-blowing. Lessons for each of us, and everybody can use them in their own particular way. We'll, we will be publishing these essays. First, the winning essays, and then as we go along, as we've been doing in the previous years, reviewing the essays in order as they were marked. So, I'm excited to begin now with the in-school winners. And I'm going to read the school, and I'm going to read the winner of the school. And, um, and we thank them tremendously for this partnership. So, this is uh, Beis Chaya Coral Springs. The winner in that school is Chaya Mushka Chadakov, Coral Springs, Florida. Beis Chaya Mushka Seminary, Montreal. And the winner of that school is Chana Lazar from Canada. Beis Chana Tzvas. Now, Beis Chana Tzvas went, went a step further. They actually published a book that I showed you last week, and here it is again. Of all the essays of their students, half in Hebrew, half in English. So here we'll be reading the top three students' winners in English and in Hebrew. So in English, the top three were Shana Slavin from Sydney, Australia, Mina Zalmanov from Hollis Hills, and Mina Phillips from Worcester, Massachusetts. The three Hebrew ones were Dverde, Dverlea Garelik, Mushke Malka Deko, I hope I pronounced it right. And Chana Esther Cohen. 
Next school, Base Chana, Orange, Connecticut. Geula Azagui, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Base Chomish, Toronto. Menuche Rochel Dubinsky, Newton, Massachusetts. Bnei Chaya, Albany. Ita Gordon, Albany, New York. Lubavitch Girls High School, Chicago. Chanela Schusterman from Chicago. Machon Alta Seminary, Israel. Rifki Rosenwasser from Miami, Florida. Oyel Chana, Melbourne. Shira Dina Ziegelbaum from Miami, Florida as well. Beis Rifka High, Melbourne. Chana Block, Australia. Melbourne Yeshiva. Aden Zev Moshal. Beis Rifka High, Montreal. Sternesara Shiner from Canada. Oyel Chana High School, Los Angeles. Malka Broche Heidingsfeld from Santa Monica, California. Teferes Bachur in Morristown. Noyach Kane, Morristown, New Jersey. Torah Academy Girls High School, Johannesburg. Esther Rivka Rodel from South Africa. I'm told that many girls participated in a very heavily contested school camp because it's a summer there um, in South Africa. Yeshiva Darke Menachem, Crown Heights. Shmuley Katzoff from Brooklyn, New York. And finally in the schools, Machon Liadus, Crown Heights, Chava Levine, Brooklyn, New York. I can't tell you the amount of nachas, the amount of pleasure I have just reading this. All these different schools, all the students, the future of our people, the future of Chabad, the future of Chassidus, doing these essays, and here you have it, and we honor them all, and they should only grow in their learning and in their writing and in their teaching and influencing people around them. There's nothing like writing a paper. It helps you the rest of your life in communicating and applying and guiding people. And I'm sure each one of these students will, in their own way, perform that shlichus as they grow and they graduate and move on to their next stage in life. Of course, preparing us all for the Gula Amitis of Ashling. And now, now that we did the schools, now remember, as far as the prizes go, there are three top prizes plus a special student prize that comes from one of these schools. Okay, so now we're going to do a countdown from the top, from the, from, we'll do the top 32, simply because there were scores that were so close and some of them tied. The top 32 scores, I'm going to count them down. And this is the first time that I'm aware of the winners, as well as you. This is something that we just, just in the last few hours determined. So we're all into the, into the same surprise and celebration. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. So, we had essays both in English, Hebrew, and Russian. And the winners, the top 32, I should say, remember all of them are winners, are, I believe, in Hebrew and in English. So, starting counting down from number 32. Yisrael Yitzchoki actually wrote an excellent, excellent essay, but it was very long. It was over 15,000 words. And as much as we would love to have been able to give him a much higher mark, we could not, simply because of the length. But it must be mentioned. And he wrote about Tipu Hasidi Integrativi, the way Hasidis intervenes in an integrated way. He is a worker, a social worker in Rishon Litzian. Yisrael Yitzchaki. Number 31, Hanala Wilhelm from Milford, Connecticut, the co-director of Chabad of Milford. And her topic was Get Real. 30, number 30, Dan Lewin, Dallas, Texas. The Mayan Chai Foundation, the rabbi there, 
titled Hasidic Mindfulness, A Purposeful Tranquility. I usually mention the ages, so I want to start again. You saw his Chaki is age 29. Hanalei Wilhelm was 35. This one that I just had, Lewin, age 44. Number 29, Yochi Ress, South Africa, a psychologist, age 41. His essay is Human Doing, Discover Your True Essence, A Human Becoming. Number 28, Noyach Kane, Morristown, New Jersey, age 23, Transcending Conflict. Number 27, Hannah Peterson, Israel, the Click Company designer, age 25, and her title of her essay, A More Perfect Union, a Hasidic Approach to Conflict Resolution. Let me mention, these essays, all of them, are top essays, received highest marks, and sometimes it's just fractions of points that makes the difference between one and another, but this is among hundreds and hundreds of essays. But we had to use some system, so this is the system we're using, but I wanted to make sure that that's emphasized. Despite the number, these are all top essays. Okay, next, number 26, Michal Turnheim, Israel. 12th grade, Tichon Beis Chana Yerushalayim, Hanesina giving as a vessel for fundamental change. It's a Hebrew essay, of course. Number 25, Avram Friedman, Israel, Yeshivas Tem Chitmim Tveria, age 20, Zahuis Ha'ishit, Haderech L'chaim Shal Asher, the human personality, the way toward a prosperous life. Number 24, Chana Esther Cohen, USA, Seminar Beis Chana Tzvas, Again, in Hebrew, age 18. Whether rebuke from heart to heart, does it, is it successful? Number 23. Rifke Cohen, United Kingdom, UK. Shlucha, age 34. And her essay is, What Will the Neighbors Think? Number 22. Gabriel Eagle, Baltimore, Maryland, Yeshivas Beis David Shlema, age 17. Titled, Battling the Butterflies, a Hasidist-based approach to curing social anxiety. Number 21, Shmuel Albon, Israel. Hebrew essay, he's responsible on, uh, for editing on the, on the website called Hasidit.tv. He's age 40, Mindfulness Hasidi, a Hebrew, a Hasidic, mind, Hasidic mindfulness. A, number 20, Yitzi Tuvel, age 30, navigating the many waters of millennial life. Number 19, Avram Friedberg, Canada, sales coordinator, AF Enterprises, age 51, reshaping your beliefs. Number 18, Menachem Mendel Amitai, Israel, Yeshivas Temchit Trim Lebavich Rishon Letzien, Misam Pela Odom, age 24, Misam Pela Odom, a Hebrew essay means from the Pesach and Shmeis, who then gave a man a mouth to speak? What Hashem says to Moshe. Number 17, again in Hebrew, Uriah Maimon, in Israel, Michlalas Shanan Chaifa, Shanan Michlalas, a seminar in Chaifa, Dachaf Mul Dachak, Shinut Teyadati, Litmodedut Yaila in Matzave Lachatz. Pressure versus. Um, I guess negative pressure. How to change? How to deal with a pressured situation? 
how to make fundamental change in a pressure situation. Tools for that. Number 16, Yisrael Dandruvitz, Israel, Reish Besamedrish Be'er Ha'ovis, age 41, his almus vat choke kepisin affectivi. How ignoring something or, um, or pushing it aside is a solution, effective solution. Number 15, we're down to number 15 now. Mushke Malke Dekel, Israel, Seminar Beishan Etzfas. In Hebrew, Bamokim Niskasher Ule Poshet Niskasher, age 18. Instead of connecting, maybe we should connect. H is a loose translation. Number 14, Yisrael Binunsky, Israel. Yeshivas Temchitmim Kar Chabad, age 18, Shlita Atzmis, fundamental self control. Okay. Actually, one second. 15, 14. Let me just, the numbers here are a little. Okay. So I did just now Shlita um, Atzmis, right? Okay, we're up to now number 13. Shana Slavin, Australia, Beis Chanetzvah Seminary, age 18, Apathy, Who Cares? Number 12, Chana Lazar, Canada, Beis Chayamushka Seminary, Montreal, age 20, her title is Back and Forth. And number 11, Sarla Ben Shimon, Canada, Beis Rivka Academy, a teacher, age 30, I'm not a doormat, the quality of self-confidence. Now we do the final 10. The top ten. Okay. Levi Wilhelm, Israel, Yeshivas Chabad Svas. Egoism Mibaya El Pitrana. Egoism from problem to solution. Age 17, Levi Wilhelm. Number nine, Menachem Mendel Dekel. Israel, Temchit Mimim Tferia, age 21. Model, Aleph Beis Aleph, Hatshuva Hachsidis, Lafroyes, Hacherde Beilamenu Hamaderni. A model Aleph Beis Aleph, the response, the chassidic response to, the, to the, the disturbances that we have from the modern world, the fear that we have from the, in the modern world. Number eight, Aaron Zev Moshel, Australia, Melbourne Zal, age 17, chassidic lessons on growing through trauma. Number seven, Dvedi Garelik, or Dvedaleya Garelik, Israel, Seminar Beishan Etzvas. Kosha Zehakala Chadash. Difficult is the new easy. Age 19. The next, number six. Shraga Crumby, New Brunswick, New Jersey, Ashleyach and Beis Chabad in the university at Rutgers University. Pnimius, Hapitaron Hachsidi Lemagefus Haskapism. Pnimius, internalness. Is a Hasidic solution to the epidemic of escapism. Okay. So now we are down to the five, and I will begin with the student winner. The student track had its own particular winner, and the student winner of this year's contest, 2019, Tofshin Ayin is Arya Yenison Chadad from Israel. Yeshivas Tem Chetmim, Amerkozi 770. He wrote, Haderech Limonim Medimoy Atzmi Nomuch. The Kabbalist Motivatsi Bavedis Hashem. The way to avoid from self delusional 
low self-esteem and being able to get motivation in serving God. That's the winner of this year's, student winner of this year's contest. And now we'll count down the three top winners. Actually, third place, there's a tie, so it's four. And the student winner, of course, receives $500. The third place will receive $1,000. The second place, $3,600. And the first place, $10,000. So here we go. Third place was tied. Mushka Silverberg from Lincolnwood, Illinois. Teacher of Lubavitch Girls High School. Her essay, The Essential Yes of a Strong No. She's age 22. The second, third place, the tie for third place, Adel Cohen from Brooklyn, New York. She works at Mobstop Customer Service, age 24, rediscovering the joy of giving. Second place, $3,600 winner, Ariel Neve, Israel, age 44. The way the, the, the directives, the direction from Chassidus, how to deal with fear and 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 um, fear and fright, in comparisons to other sources in Teda and also modern psychology. And finally, the first place ten thousand dollar winner, Ayelet Skinner from Southfield, Michigan. She works face a med- medical esthetician, age forty eight, and her title is ageless. And that's the number one winner of this year's contest. As I said, these winners are literally decimal points apart from each other. It was extremely difficult to choose, but we had to choose. And I congratulate you all, beginning from the first place winner, the second place, the two third place winners, the student winner, and all the others that I mentioned and all that contributed and all that participated. As I said, from my point of view, you're all winners. We will review these essays in the coming episodes. We will post them. So stay in touch. Keep, keep your eyes open. You'll see them online. We'll be sending out information on them and be publishing them. Tremendous essays. Again, I have no words to describe my joy for all of you and for this effort that we all did together. Which will bring in this month of Nisan as we prepare for Yeralif Nisan and prepare for the Geula of Pesach. Nisan Nigalu Nisan that we should be Zechel ready to the Gula Amitiz Vashlema with this additional effort that all of you invested, that the Ebrister should see it, that Ebrister should see it, and finally bring the Gula Amitiz Vashlema even before Pesach, Venechel Shamin Azvachimin Apsachimin Rishalaimir Akedish, with the base Amitiz Ashlishi as the Rebbe would always give us a bracha. Everyone have a kosher and a freilich in Pesach. We will not have a program, of course, next week. The next one will be two weeks from now. A kosher and a freilich in Pesach and a Gula Dika month. And thank you again. This has been My Life Chassidus Applied, episode 257, announcing the 2019 winners. And we're here every Sunday, 8 to 9 p.m., except, of course, on Yontif. See you soon. And a good Yontif, a kosher, and a Pesach.